Hey, this is Thinking and Drinking. I'm your host, Bart Almond. Over the last 30 years or so, I've worked for major record companies, working with major artists such as Alabama, the Dixie Chicks, and Florida Georgia Line. I've also been writing songs for the past 15 years, have over 50 cuts, two number ones, and made a lot of friends along the way. I'm going to be talking to some of those friends about songs, life on the road, and just life in general. I hope you have as much fun as I will. All right. Well, hey, man, thanks for uh, being here. This is our little uh, thinking and drinking tribute to uh, the king, Edward Van Halen, the guitar family, the music family, lost uh, our, one of our patriarchs this last couple weeks ago. Anyway, so I uh, called a bunch of my buddies. I got uh, Dave Rude from Tesla, who's the sweetest cat in the world. Mike Hickey, who's Joe Bonamassa's guitar tech, and he's also just a, a massive metal guitar player himself. In fact, he showed up with a Frankenstein, so that was pretty fun. Got Paul Sedotti, who's a, a Edward Van Halen super fan and a great guitar player. And one of my dearest friends in the world, Ryan Cook, who uh, has his own band called The Talisman. He's also in Ace Frehley's band, and he's also in Gene Simmons' band, which is fun because Gene, you know, pretty much... He produced uh, Van Halen's first bunch of demos. So, uh, but we uh, had a good time, about 15, 20 minutes with each guy, and uh, tried to ask him the same the same questions. And the last question was uh, always, uh, "How are you going to remember Eddie?" And every guy said the same thing, man. That uh, he was always smiling, and he always had so much joy when he was playing guitar. And you could you could just see that in his face. So. Man, just in the spirit of Eddie, go out there and love somebody today, smile at somebody, help somebody, just be a salt and light for somebody, and uh, here is our our tribute to Edward Van Halen. Thanks for tuning in. Well, Ryan Spencer Cook, how the heck are you, yeah. man? It's good to see I'm you. I'm good, man. I'm happy to see you. This, this is yeah. great. Do you know who else had the middle name Spencer? Who? Winston Churchill. Shut it. Yep. I love not it. Un, not unlike yourself. Well, good to know. I'm just saying. Good to know, man. Good to know. And like I said, you know, my whole life until 10 years ago, I just went by Ryan Cook, but there's some country Ryan Cooks out there. There's some professional athlete Ryan Cooks out there. And you would think when someone would look me up or, or when I would get to do press stuff for for whatever we're doing. Yeah, yeah. That they would just see the picture of the guy in the football uniform and go, well, that's not him. It didn't always work like that. Or the guy with the test tubes. <laughs> so like you said like, with Yeah. So like you said with the Ingve J. Right. <laughs> let's just, so not, not let's get, just make it so it's not confusing for anybody. Yeah. We don't want to get confused with all the other Ingve Malmsteins. So that's right, well, dude, man. Again, thank you for doing this. I wish it was, uh, I wish we were thank just you. having a, a beer and some tacos, but we're, uh, tacos, dude, soon, soon. But we are, uh, we're talking about our, our beloved, uh, leader of the, of the guitar fold, Mr. Eddie Van Halen. Yep. So, like, yep. I, I, I cannot wait to get to your story because it's my favorite story of all time. Sure. But sure. how old how old were you, and when and where were you when you first heard Van Halen or Eddie do whatever? Okay, seventy eight. Uh, let's do the math there. I was probably about fourth grade. I okay. was at my cousin's house, uh, Bentley McGee, 
And Bentley always had, let's see, he, my sister's five years old. So Bentley was about six years older than me, seven okay. maybe. And he always, he introduced me to Ario Speedwagon, Pat Travers, Ted Nugent, Black Sabbath. All the stuff was in that I didn't nice. hear at home from my sister. He had a better record collection. And man, so was it his room? Players? Uh, yeah. His, uh, his mother, my aunt, was my dad's sister. Okay. Okay. So we visited a lot in the same town. And I heard it there, and then Christmas was coming up, so I was like, can I please, please, please have this? So for Christmas that year, I got a Sony, not a ghetto blaster. That didn't come to like I was in eighth, seventh, eighth grade, but in fourth grade, I had a little one-speaker Sony uh, cassette deck. Okay, awesome. Handle. Yeah. yeah. And that was in one gift, and then the other gift was a Van Halen one cassette. Oh, my gosh. Man. And then, and this is when I welcome to the rest of your life. Hey, welcome to the rest of my life. <laughs> and I was, and I told the guys in the band, this is a funny joke, but to this day, even when I was little, I always had this obsession with sirens or horns or whatever. So, like you know the the siren at the beginning of riding the storm out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, obsessed. Uh, Kiss Firehouse. Right. They're going. Yeah. You're no uh, good. Then I hear this horn on Van Halen one. Yep. And then it goes into that fuzz that, you know, gained out Mike Anthony bass. Yep. And uh, <laughs> I could sing. <laughs> I can remember I used to be literally ask the kids that stood in line with me in grade school, Todd Mosier, Brandon Jordan, TJ Johnson. I would sit in the line at lunch waiting to get our food and sing Van Halen songs to them. And it became a hey, cook. Sing Van Halen again. <laughs> I carried that cassette around on my bike. Uh, everything. It was a love affair from the first note. First so, note. Were, were you already starting to, to play guitar or anything like that? Or was I didn't just... start playing until I was about 10. Okay. So it was a ride, a ride around in there. It been a, a, not quite yet. And like okay. I always tell everybody, man, uh, even though fortunately my folks encouraged me to stick with it when I didn't want to, cause I was just like a ADD little kid, man. Yeah. And I wanted to play guitar like that. The minute I got it, and I didn't have the patience right. for it. So even though I started playing guitar when I was around 10, it didn't start to take till I was about 13. Yeah. Yeah. You know, tell you, tell you figured out that my fingertips are hurting, but it's worth it. Yeah. yeah it's worth <laughs> it. It's a good hurt. It's a good burn. Well, dude, you're, you're such a great guitar player, and you play with so oh, many thanks. great guitar players, with, with Gene and Ace and the Talisman and everything, thanks. which is awesome. Do you, you. do you believe, like I do, that Eddie was probably the last guitar player that really, really changed the whole world of guitar playing? Yes, and, uh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, at first, I think when I go back, and I'll just go, and it's a really short list. It's a tiny list. Uh, I start with Chuck Berry. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And the way people changed guitar. And, man, and there's so many good guys, and I'm leaving out a lot of good people. So before sure. people start blasting me about leaving out Les Paul and Jimmy Page and all these people, yeah, I agree with you right now. They are phenomenal and a huge part of both of our lives and the people that may see, might see this. But – I think Chuck Berry just did such a really cool thing with what he was doing because it was so different and influenced yeah. so many people, yeah. but that wasn't in my lifetime. 
Right. Even though Chuck was alive during my lifetime, when he started, I wasn't around. Then there's Hendrix. Hendrix was not in my lifetime. Right. And yep. totally, you know, totally agree with you. Everybody around, and I agree with all of them that were, were that were there, but weren't there, and still feel his influence. Game changer. Yeah. Hendrix, right? But the one to me that's going to matter the most is Eddie because it was I was alive for that. You and I yeah. were lucky to be alive in the same yeah. years when Ed did his thing, you know. Yep. And he's always going to be my favorite. Always, yeah, always. Eddie is my favorite guitar player. Man, they just there was something different because man, I loved Tony Iommi and I loved Nugent and I loved Joe Perry and I loved all that. Oh man! But but you know what? Edward was always smiling. They had a sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, everybody says the Beach Boys are the soundtrack to California, which I totally understand, but they're not sure. my soundtrack. Before I got there, I thought California sounded like Van Halen. Yep. Hey, <laughs> you, know? <man. laughs> you know? It was smile rock, man. It wasn't heavy metal. Dude. I guess it could be hard rock. It was definitely rock and roll. It was danceable. Yeah. It was singable. Uh and just the compositions themselves and the stuff that that guy did, man. It's uh, just just amazing. And, you know, man, guys and girls alike, alike enjoyed that band together when I was growing up. Yeah. Uh, not many of my girlfriends dug Sabbath as much as I did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's sweet. I had a lot of girlfriends that were – I had a lot of friends that were girlfriends that were afraid to kiss. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was a guy thing, all of us together. Girls and guys equally across the board. We all love Van Halen together. Dude, I was thinking about that yesterday. It's like the the heavier the riff, the more melodic the guitar mm-hmm. solo, but still yep. there was a solo. You could also yep. I remember Eddie talking about every album had a screw up on mm-hmm. it that he said, but that, yeah. that made the vibe of the record. So I wasn't going to go back and fix it. I believe it. And it's like, oh, I love yeah. that because perfection sometimes yeah. is just boring. And I, I freaking oh, love yeah. that. Um, I also want to give credit and it doesn't mean that I'm right, but in my little pea brain, I, I attribute <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the greatness to that band. I think there was a huge DNA factor in that band. Mm. Um, the fact that he was with his brother yeah. and their dad was so musical and even their mom getting them to take, you know, yeah. They said a million times that their mom pretty much was with the ruler, making sure that they their knuckles, yeah. his piano. Yeah, you know, uh, there was a huge DNA factor in that band. That I, I know people might think, "Well, this is his brother, so what?" And I'm like, "Well, so what?" You know, it, th- it, there was a. It's a very. Th- that's the one thing I will. I will tell you that I compare them to the Rolling Stones a lot because. Um, as much as I love Michael Anthony, it's like if there was a fan club, I should be president because I really do love that guy. Oh, they called him Cannon Mouth because he was so loud. <laughs> I loved it, you know. But uh, the thing that I always thought they had similar to the Stones was Eddie played off of Al. Yeah. And vice versa. It's, the, it's usually that rhythm section. Now, I'm not saying that Al and Mike didn't play together, but Ed played off of Al played off of Ed as to where if you're a bass player trying to play along with Rolling Stones records, you got to listen to Keith because Charlie listened to Keith. Right. He wasn't paying it. Yeah. He knew Bill Wyman was there and is very present and everything. And I know that they weren't brothers, uh, but I'm just comparing it because it's just one of those things to where that's what made them sound different from a lot of other bands. 
it's no it's secret that that Pantera were such yeah. Van Halen fans. It's no mystery, yeah, absolutely, because of the exact yeah. same thing, man. Well, yeah, can you tell? Yeah, I, agree. That, I agree with that. Can you please tell your the, the story that I read on your? Sure. Fa- I mean, I can't believe I've known you for fifteen, sixteen, eighteen years. I've never heard this story before. A, a lot of people, uh, Phil and Jeremy, said the same thing. <laughs> How do we not know this? Now, if you talk to the people that, that uh, and I didn't know them yet, I didn't know you yet, because I was still in California, uh, you talk to the people that have known me my whole life and knew me when that happened. Right. And they're like, fuck yeah, I remember that. Because, I mean, it was, it's, the, from that, that Sunday afternoon till 10 o'clock that night, I was calling everybody. Dude, you must have racked up $1,000 in long-distance bills. So go ahead. It was, it was, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, man. It was, uh, so everybody's like, I can't even tell that story, but it's been so long ago. And it's just one of those things where like, you know, it's just, it was just a great moment, but just, I'll, I'll give the readers digest version. Cause you know, I, I know I don't want to take up your whole, all this time, but no man. man, I was living in Southern California in studio city and, uh, studio city, Los Angeles is, uh, and there's a reason I'm telling this, for those of you who don't know, Los Angeles is very compartmentalized as far as cities go. And they're right on top of each other, right. next to each other. North Hollywood, Toluca Lake, Universal City, Studio City, Sherman Oaks, Encino. Okay? And they're all within a three-mile area, but it's all these little cities, three- to five-mile area. So my point being, living in Southern California off of the, the Ventura and Vineland, Ventura and Laurel Canyon – it was a highly populated area of famous or renowned Hollywood uh, personalities, rock stars, actors. Yeah. Can't tell you how many times I, I sat next to Warren Beatty on Mulholland in traffic because we kind of had the same, apparently we had the same schedule. Uh, I used to see Wayne Knight Newman from Seinfeld twice a week at the grocery store caddy corner from me. It, be, it became a thing. Because yeah. at first you're like, holy shit. And you're like, oh, there's Wayne again. You know, uh, the guy from the Goo Goo Dolls lived on my street. Gary Tran- Cantrell lived on my street. It was just this wow. area. Eddie lived about two and a half miles from me on Coldwater Canyon. Okay? He's been there since the 80s. It's, it's where he built 5150. He bought a lot of land going up Coldwater as you leave Ventura Boulevard. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that being said, I'm getting gas on a Sunday afternoon, bright sunny Sunday afternoon. And I'm just standing at the 76 station in my red pickup and a little white Mercedes pulls up. Edward. Edward gets out. <laughs> and uh, I was in Hair of the Dog. It just ended. Uh, everything, you know, I, I really wasn't sure what I was doing yet. I was trying to figure out, am I going to play with anybody or what, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. So, so you already had Hair of the Dog. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'd, okay. We've been together for ten, yeah, so we our third album to come out, the man fight had just disbanded. Cool, okay. And uh, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And, you know, there I had a lot of musical friends that we know, you know, and everything and all that. But anyway, so as soon as I get gas, Edward pulls up, and my 10-year-old brain just, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And dude, I'm staying. I just gone running. I was in, I look like shit. I was sweaty, gross. Just all I was wearing were running shorts and tennis shoes. I look like a sweaty bum, you know? 
with gray and hair. Just, yeah, gray hair though. Yeah. I had the hair. And I go, <laughs> and I look, and I go, Eddie, and he, you know, <laughs> I go, I'm Ryan Cook. God damn, man, I, 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 I love you. And it was stupid. And it was stupid. That's what I said. He laughed. He's like, hey, hey, man, how are you? <clears throat> and immediately uh, I told him, I go, it's really nice to meet you. I go, uh, mutual acquaintance. And I literally did the day before I spent the, the day with Niels Lozauer because he's a really oh, close okay. friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. But Ed toured with Van Halen forever. Yeah. Very, very close with him. And I kind of thought maybe if I just mentioned not drop Neil's name, all of a sudden I wouldn't be as creepy. Right. Oh, he's a friend of his. Yeah, so we get to talking, and I just asked him. I said, hey, are you, guys, are you still looking for a singer? <clears throat> and he said, yeah, I'm sitting on a bunch of new music. I go, have you found anybody? He goes, no. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't really know. I go, I know, I know a guy. He's like, yeah, I go, me. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I expect him just to, like, pull the gas out and get in his car. <laughs> goes, you got anything in your truck? I mean, like a CD or something. Yeah, yeah. And you really could see my apartment from the corner. It was that close. Dude. <clears throat> the only reason I didn't walk there was because I had to take my truck there to put gas in it, right? It was that close. And I said, no, man, I don't. I said, but I live right there. <laughs> you want to come over? Again, I'm excited. And he's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just about to shit my pants. And uh, so I was like, okay so i finished getting gas and i wait and he finishes getting gas and i go okay we'll just park on the street right in front of my front entrance and again i took the look at my rearview mirror and just hear tires screeching <laughs> he takes off fuck no dude he pulled up right behind me and we stood on the sidewalk and talked for a minute hey how long you been living here you know i just live up over on cold water and Blah blah blah, yeah, and I'm just saying. And all I'm thinking is, God, please let one person I know drive by and see me <laughs> stand out here talking to him. Right. Does someone fucking believe this? That's not my mom because she won't know who he is. So, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> someone that gives a shit. And uh, we got in the we got in the lobby and got in the elevator. And as the elevator opened up, my neighbor. This girl who's a couple orders down, she saw it and she looked at me in mouth. She's like, <laughs> I'm like, I know. So then we go inside, man, and he uh, immediately noticed I was fortunate to be friends with Lozar for so long that every year he'd give me a couple prints. He'd let me pick out a couple prints from his yeah. archives for my birthday. I can see him on your wall so right back there. Oh, yeah, and I've got so much. I mean, yeah. And the big one that I, and I used to get them for all framed really nice, you know, and yeah. it looked really cool. There was a really big black and white of Ed and Dave above my mm. couch. When he walked in, he's like, oh, he's like, I know those guys. And he goes, those <laughs> gave you that? And I was like, yeah, man, he gave it to me <laughs> my birthday this year. And then he just sits on my couch and picks up my Les Paul. The one, actually, it was this close, just like this one. Oh, man. The one that was next to my couch. And he just picks it up and just starts noodling. He's talking. Lights a cigarette. Uh, and we're just shooting the shit. And the one thing about the cigarette that was interesting was he goes, uh, you know, I got cancer. And uh, I've been dealing with it. He goes, they just removed a part of my tongue. He goes, and it makes me 
he goes, it's impairing my speech a little bit right now because it's not completely healed. It's, was, he goes, so it makes me talk kind of funny. He goes, you know, I've, I've been sober too. He goes, but of course, since I'm talking funny, everybody thinks I'm fucked up. Fuck right. me. He goes, it's bullshit. Hmm. And I'm like, yeah. And, you know, so he was just telling me stuff like that. Talking, he's talking about Wolfie. He said, yeah, me too. Wolfie had to be, I mean, yeah, <laughs> he's like, God, oh, my kid's great. He can play every instrument. He sings like a bird. Hmm. He goes, he's even got that tenor thing like Michael had when he was a little kid, like Michael Jackson. Wow. And he was just telling me a bunch of stuff and everything. And uh, he goes, well, let me hear something. So I played him and I had it in the stereo. And I played him. The first thing I was just grabbed some disc and there was a hot deed disc there. So I played him a song, You Were the One. And I had it pretty loud. He's like, hey, hey, hey turn it down, turn it down. <laughs> Turn it down, man. <laughs> like it was too loud. <laughs> so I played him that. And I played him a piece of a couple of the tracks. He's like, you're good. He's like, you're good. He's let me give you my number. So I was like, well, he didn't kick me out. He didn't have to, or, or my own house. <laughs> right? and, he didn't, and he didn't have to give me his number. So I just grabbed the magazine, man, and he wrote his number down. And we oh. chatted for a few more minutes. And he goes, call me this week. And this was, like I said, this was a Sunday. Yeah. He's like, call me this week. You know, I'm not far from here. I'm like, okay. And we talked to him. And then he gave me a hug and I walked him down to his car and he left. And when, and when he left, I just, I, I literally just kind of, I stood there and watched him drive off. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was like, what just happened? You know, mm. what, what just happened? And uh, I never felt, uh, you know, they'd already done Gary at that point. They were still at that point. It was anything but harmonious between them and Dave. Yeah. yeah. They were going to do something. I, I, but I never – it just seemed too fan meets superhero to even seem real like I ever even had a shot. And I don't – and you know what? I think that might be a lot of the reason why I didn't tell a lot of people that story there because I never was almost the singer of Van Halen. I wasn't. Right. I, I can't even say that I went and auditioned and played with them. I didn't. Yeah. Uh I, I, I was, I can't say that I was being considered. I wasn't, but <laughs> you know, but the guy, but for some reason, yeah, dude, thought, I'll give this guy a chance. He came up and he hung out. It ended up being about 40 minutes total and gave me his number. I did call him and I, it's like, you know, that, that always joke is after the first date with somebody, guys yeah. and girls talking about, Oh, you gotta wait three days. <laughs> I wanted to call him. Like an hour later, I made myself wait till Wednesday. Or if your if your if your cell phone number is blah 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 zero 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 one, you tell them zero 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 two. So do you still yeah, have yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Still have his cell phone number? I do. Have you called it? I do. I did. Uh, no, man, I yeah. haven't. Uh, Bar, I mean, I've not tried that number. Yeah. In- yeah, they're out of respect, dude. He, yeah, absolutely. He, he, what he did for me, and when he picked up when I called. Yeah, dude, and, that's mountainous. Uh, and and I knew, and he said, "Man, you're you're really good." And honestly, I don't know what we're doing right now. Yeah, he didn't say come up to the house and jamming. No, and I took that as thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> and yeah. no, seriously, no, and, yeah. And, he, and he, he was, was out of up respect. in the air. He was up in the air, man. Out of respect, yeah. I have never tried that number again. Yeah. Uh, yes, because the last thing, because how bad? How 
much of an asshole would I be if I just started calling all the time? Because how many people probably call Eddie Van Halen who oh, know dude. him and he doesn't want to hear from uh, someone that he doesn't know. He didn't need me. He did not need me calling him. Hell yeah, I saved that number. Yeah, yeah. So you're a uh, died in the wool Les Paul guy, like you say. Did you ever get into yep. the to the super strat kind of thing? Because obviously Eddie invented a, a new kind of guitar. Cross Paul sure a Les Paul and a Strat. Did you get into that? I never did. I never did. Um, I did. I did one time when I was a kid in high school. I got a a neck three body Charvel that I really loved a lot. Okay, but I didn't love it so much that I didn't trade it in for my first real Marshall. <laughs> tells you anything? <laughs> if that tells you anything at all. And there you uh, go. <laughs> but I will tell you. I just want to let let you know because I don't know if you got to. Because this is a big deal between people like you and I who love Van Halen, I got to see the original lineup three times. Oh, man. I saw Hide Your Sheep. Okay. And yep. then I saw, uh, which was Kansas City Camp Arena. And then uh, that was 82, 83. And then I saw the 1984 both nights okay. at Camp Arena, Kansas yep. City. Yeah. Uh, so I saw that original lineup three times in the same building. Mm. And... Uh, then I saw the first 5150 tour with Sam. I saw that Bachman Turner Overdrive open. Yeah. You remember yeah. what their t-shirt said? Half a they ton of their, their tour t-shirt said half a ton of rock and roll. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh my God. Oh, and and Randy was not in the band then. It was just, so much, really? but yes, I, I remember the same exact thing, man. Another similarly built dude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you gotta look like this. Yeah. <laughs> how much do you get paid? I don't know. How big's the buffet? I don't know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but no, I saw that. Uh, God, that was such a great show because it was just, I mean, Van Halen with Dave was just the best rock and roll band ever. But with Sammy, it was just, it was not even better or worse. It was just totally different. Thank you. You know what? You can like both versions. Absolutely, man. It's Absolutely. two different bands. It's yep. two different bands, man. Yep. It, is two, it is so different. It's two different bands. Dude. And it's it's okay to like Dave. Yep. And it's okay to like Sam. Yep. I, I know there are a million people who that make you pick, and I go, I don't have yeah. to. Pick. Dude, one is a knuckle punch to the jaw, and the other one is like a, a, a musical kind of dance thing, but still it's, just as just as muscular. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I just feel so lucky to have seen him. I mean, uh, I can still remember like. You know, like I told you that I'd run into people in Hollywood all the time when I lived there. Yeah, yeah. You never, you never ran into Ed Van Halen, ever. <laughs> right. Well, he was, I mean, the guy did not go out. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, uh, I would have known if he did because I was out all the time. Yeah. And I ran into everybody. I knew everybody and everybody knew me. And I could kind of, after I've been there so long, I could kind of figure, oh, it's Thursday. If I go here, I'll probably see so-and-so. Right. Uh, right. I don't, that was the one and only time besides a concert stage that I saw Eddie Van Halen in California. Wow. So, so, dude, I know you got to get going here, but how will you remember? That's all right. 
Eddie Van Halen? How I remember him? Yeah. Uh, I think, him. first of all, everybody's going to say guitar god, which I will agree. Sure. Uh, I'm saying composer. Mm. Happy. Smiling. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I told you, man. Just the, the way those, those guys are having fun, man. Like, and this takes nothing from other bands, but Judas Priest was serious. Yeah. yeah. And Deep Purple were serious. Yeah. And Kiss had a whole other thing going on that was just way different. Yeah. And, and Van Halen was just, you know. Happy. Yeah. And the thing is, I do know that people always go, oh, well, it wouldn't have been this man. It wouldn't have been that man if this person wasn't there. Or it wouldn't have been. I can't think of anything truer because yeah. as much as I love the, the, that lineup of the band, the four of them, everybody had such a major role oh, in that man. band and doing no what they did. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, like I said, I think I'm always going to give Ed as being the uh, credit as being the mastermind because yeah. he was the composer. But goddamn, him and he and Roth, no matter what differences they have, they were hand in glove. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for sure. You know, and I'll tell you something else too. And you may even argue that this with me, and that's that's fine. But I I believe this is uh, typically when you hear bands cover a song. I typically lean towards like that's cool, but I'll just stick with the original. Yeah, Van Halen. I'm gonna take their version. You really got me. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day over the Kinks version. Yeah. I know they couldn't have done it without the Kinks. Right. Yeah. But I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take Van Halen's version of "Where Have All the Good Times Gone." Sorry, Dude. Ray and Dave Davies, but I'm gonna. And Dude. as important as Roy Orbison was to the entire world of music, I'm taking <laughs> the Van Halen version. Because Ed and Dave are my favorite pair of guys. And why would I not pick my favorite pair of guys doing a song that I love? Dude, freaking Diver so Down was 60% cover tunes, and it was wonderful. I'm totally there with you, yeah. man. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm there. I know that Diver Down wasn't their favorite album. Yeah. Uh, I liked it. But. What's that? I liked it. You what? I liked it. I loved it. Yes. I still love it. And you know that whole beginning of dancing in the street, that walk 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 That that piece was written for another song. And Templeman had made him use it, and he wasn't happy. But I'll take it. Their dad was on it. I remember when I was little, I'd read about it. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, Jan, Jan Van Halen's on it. Jan. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to know who's John, but oh yeah, his dad Jan was on there. <laughs> is that his dad or is that his mom? What the what that Jan? Yeah. No, dude. Yeah. Thank thanks to you, I've heard all those Van Halen demos, and it's just it's 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 another musical education. It's another musical library. It's another musical li lifetime, man. And I hope I yeah. hope I hope and pray that Wolfie goes into that studio and. Yeah, when when he can deal with all of this, I mean, obviously that's of course that, that's huge, but I hope he goes and he pulls out all these two inch tapes and just goes, "What's on this? What's on this?" I know, I know, because you know, there's so many things we got to hear so little. Like we got to hear yeah. Starfleet. Yeah, Remember? exactly with Brian and May and little things like yeah. You know what? What's up there that we have no idea about, dude? 
You know, you know I mean, Van I mean, Halen, you know was a, they were around for 40 years and made 11 albums, right? 11 studio yeah. albums and, and one live yeah. album. Is that right? Uh, there's a, well, there's, there's live right here right now. Oh, Recently, two, uh, yeah. in, the last, in the last five years, they released the live from Tokyo that was yeah. for the uh, Better Different Kind of Truth tour. Right, 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 right. Which I don't own, but I've heard pieces of. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, man. I there's so much good content on YouTube, dude. Absolutely, man. Now, that, you know what? I I wish they would have been around later in life, back when iPhones were around, and there was there could have been so much live stuff and backstage shenanigans and and what have you. You know that that we'll just never see because. You know, bands like that didn't take, you know, Aerosmith, ZZ Top, Deep Purple, Skinner. Yeah. You know, none of those guys took film crews on the road with them during those days. It. And now it's like everybody that has an iPhone has a film crew. I know. it, And there's also uh, just anybody watching that doesn't know. I mean, uh, you and I as Van Halen fans know uh, the really quality. There's a lot of really great footage of Oakland. Yeah. California with Dave. Yeah. There's some really great Fresno. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, VA, Van Halen News Desk has been doing, has over the years done a really good job yep. of unearthing stuff or putting it out there. The minute that, like, this lost reel of 38, 35 millimeter from whatever. Yeah. And man, it's just, yeah. hey, kids, watch this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this is how a rock band does it. <laughs> absolutely absolutely man just as that footage from oakland when they open with unchained oh my and gosh the, the spotlights are just on ed because he was always stage left yeah and the spotlights are just on ed when he kicks in doing that riff and when the whole band kicks in and that <laughs> shock and awe of lights Dude. and dave coming off the riser coming off the riser oh my gosh four fucking guys yeah it's four guys guys it's actually three guys playing instruments. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. And one guy with the sword. <laughs> I also love in that, yeah. in that video, yeah. when you see the screen, there's screens of speakers. They're not even real speakers. They're screens yeah. of speakers. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the best ever. Oh, man. yeah, absolutely. Oh, my I know, man. Hey, man, if anybody got it, those guys got it. Those guys got it. They got it. And I don't care if if Dave said the same thing every night in every city. Mm. When I was a little kid, I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, I still don't give a shit because it felt like it was genuine every time he said something that came out in, in those shows. I just I it's awesome. I can't yeah. believe I got to see it. I, I know did, it. And just like you, I just prayed. I it. Wouldn't it. it just be awesome to have a concert like a pro shot concert video that was released of of hide your sheep or. 84 oh, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I hope it comes out, but we were lucky Bart. We got a, we lived, I know, we man. lived during that period. So. Well, dude, uh, I know you got to go. I love you, buddy. Thank you so much, man. I love you too. And and thanks for having me on here. And uh, let's do the taco thing sooner and later. Amen. I'm ready when you I are. Mean, we can be for tacos. Come on. We'll sit outside. Yeah, I'll do it. It's easy. All right. Well, I love you, man. Thank you for love having you me. Love you too, buddy. Thanks, I'll catch Ryan. up with you. Okay. Bye, right, buddy. Bye. Yeah, man. Which brings us to the uh, to the day. I love that shirt, by the way. Yeah. So this is so 
my very first concert was the 1984 tour. Wait a minute, really? Yep, yep. I mean, technically, it was Elton John when I was five years old, but I only lasted through Philadelphia Freedom. That was <laughs> and grow some funk of your own. The first song, I barely wow. remember it. I mean, I slept most of the concert, but no, '84 was my first concert. My dad took me because his uh, one of his best friends that he grew up in high school with was a bartender. It was called the Coliseum Club at the Richfield Coliseum. Uh, where all the big concerts in Cleveland happened. They, they weren't in downtown Cleveland. We didn't really have the Coliseum downtown, so it was out in Richfield. That was built, I think, in 75. Okay. And that was where, like, the famous uh, Chuck uh, Webner fight was. Wow. Um, yeah, where Rocky, you know, Sylvester Stallone got the idea for Rocky. Gosh. It was in that building. Um, you know, Sinatra played there. All the huge concerts were, like, the place had a cool vibe to it. Like, it's hard to describe, but like the concourse, there was just one main concourse. There wasn't like two levels. So when you came out, you were like halfway between the upper level and the main bowl. So you would just go down or you would go up. And then the, the design back then, nobody ever thought of like premium loges as being right. you know, what they were. So they were all in the nosebleeds at the very top. So people that paid the most money for loges had the worst seat in the house. Because uh, everybody in the lower bowl had the, you know, it was just regular seating. GA or whatever? Yeah. Well, it yeah. wasn't GA. It was, they had a sign section. Oh, okay. But uh, at the time, it was like a one of the bi biggest arenas built. It was like a 20-some thousand seat capacity for the, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers played there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you ask anybody who lived in Cleveland in the mid to late 70s and through the 80s, it was like the Coliseum was the place to go. Yeah. Well, so, like, how old were you and where were you when you heard the first Van Halen song, when you became aware of Eddie, and were you already playing guitar? Yeah. So I was a huge Kiss fan. Right okay. Out, I was, like, five, six years old is when I started playing guitar. Uh, and a neighbor... Uh, down the street who was a you know musician guitar player you know introduced me to the first kiss album and dropped the needle well not the first kiss one but the first one i heard was kiss alive okay down and, awesome record i don't want to get on the, on the kiss thing because we're talking about Van Halen, <laughs> but uh my point being is i was already playing guitar for about uh seven years before i heard the first my first introduction from van halen which was the guy that was the bartender at that coliseum club it was his son Wow. The first song I heard was Pretty Woman. Okay. Diver Down had just come out. Okay. He was like, man, you got to check out this band called Van Halen. And funny enough, that album didn't have a ton of, like, the spectacular razzle-dazzle kind of stuff that's on the first Yeah. One. You know, because it was mostly cover tunes. Um, I would say, like, Hang Em High and The Full Bug had, you know, shades oh, of yeah. what, what Ed was really about. But most of the other songs on there were just, you know, the cover songs or even the originals were, the, they weren't songs that were, he was like just blazing. Yeah. Um, and then when Jump hit in MTV, I was a full-blown uh, MTV kid. I saw Video Killed the Radio Star when it first debuted. Yep, me too. I was watching the, the <laughs> debut of MTV. Um, and when tickets went on sale for Van Halen, for the 1984 tour, 
I, you know, jump had already been out for about uh, two or three months. And at the time that we went to our the concert in Cleveland, it had been number one for two weeks. So it was like all over the airwaves. You know, it was huge at that point. Um, and I was begging my dad, hey, you know, Matt, Matt said, you know, let's go to Van Halen show or whatever. And so we went in with, with uh, his dad and, and Matt and uh, my sister went, my dad went. And we went in like before sound, like around sound check because he had to go there and get set up for work. Oh, okay. Know, so we're up in the, in the loges, which is at the very top on like Michael's side. Right. And I remember looking down at that light truss just as a, as a kid you're just blown away it looked like a spaceship yeah it was like and there was like it was the complete state-of-the-art touring staging it was they had um, I think close to 2,000 park hands yeah which is just I mean think about the wattage that that thing was thrown off like nowadays you have one can that can do multiple things yeah and it was like if you wanted a burgundy light you had to have a separate light and you had a <laughs> you know, a separate uh, shade color to go over the, the lamp. Was that also not like the first time we'd ever seen like a, a stainless steel or a chrome yeah. lighting yeah. rig? Yeah. Well it, was, well, it was my first show, so I had never oh, seen okay. Okay. anything like that. Man. So just just the, the, the size was just overwhelming. It was just incredible. Yeah, that was – did they do one show or two shows? They did one. Okay. Man. So anyway, so I had, so I got, I was able to get like a bunch of the merchandise. My dad was so cool, but my, they were so supportive of my parents. So I have the, I still have my original tour book, my original baseball jersey, which is this shirt in white with a black sleeve. Okay. And on the back, it had the, the guy with the hammer. Yeah. You know, was in the, Do you know where uh, that came from? Yeah, it was a, it was a electric company out in California. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. David Lee Roth, I guess, saw or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So this uh, particular shirt is one of the newest replicas, and on the back, okay. it has the tour dates from like some of the early leg, and it has March 14th, Richfield, Ohio. Oh, uh, that's cool. Richfield Coliseum, which is so cool, because back then they, they didn't really make uh, the tour dates on most of the tour Right, shows. yeah. So you were already playing guitar, like what, what yeah. were you playing along with Kiss and stuff like that, or were you... Yeah. It, was, it was a lot of Eagles. My, I, I okay. towards my dad's record collection. It was, uh, it was Eagles. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. I mean, for me, it was Kiss. Yeah. Uh, and by the time I got to be like in my, you know, 10, 11, it was like Rick Springfield. I oh, saw yeah. Him in the hospital, and I was like, man, cool. And then I did Jesse's Girl in my fifth grade talent show. Nice. And that was a hit. So, nice. Yeah, so I would learn, and I was taking lessons, um, and uh, my ear developed very quickly. I would say seven, eight years old, I was learning, I can't tell you why, note for note from the record. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a really challenging solo, but the whole feel of it. Um, sure. Picking out the notes and rewinding the cassette and <laughs> that sort of thing. So, I mean, obviously, because this is a Van Halen thing, we're both enormous fans. But don't you think that he was probably the last guitar player to just totally change 
how we look at the electric guitar and how we play guitar and how we think about guitar. Absolutely. There isn't anybody that even comes close. Yeah. I mean, um, I, you know, and then you, you talk to some of the older musicians who were alive in the sixties and they, they all say Hendrix, you know, right. He was such a game changer. Nobody had ever seen a guitar player do what he was doing. And, and you could say the same for Ed in the seventies, you know, you had, that Southern rock kind of guitar playing and most of, you know, on most of the records, the, you know, the Kiss style rhythm playing, the Elton John kind of guitar riff sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But then out of left field comes this amazing innovator. That, yeah, um, man, to me, we had like, like you say, Southern rock, we had Skinner, ZZ Top, Blackfoot, uh, Scorpions, Aerosmith. Foreigner, Triumph, but all those guys are fantastic guitar players. But Ed came along and just blew the mold to yeah. a million pieces and changed the whole thing. Right. And I think the coolest thing about his style was it all evolved from um, a very organic place. Yeah. And it's just like it seemed to be that everything that he did, uh, something wasn't on the market that did what he he wanted it to do so it was all through experimentation and he was yeah. just into what he was doing that just through trial and error and constant you know tweaking that he came up with all of the some more a lot of the things that are now commonplace that weren't even done back then as well you know especially the way pickups were made and yeah you know the, the cross-pollinating a strat with a less paw by you know taking the strat body and putting a uh, humbucker pickup in it you know no guitars had that at the time that's what i was going to ask you i mean i can see your guitar boat there i see what's in it and stuff but did you uh, ever did you uh <laughs> did you start playing super strats with the uh double pickup in the back and the the floyd rose and stuff or did you no no my very first guitar was um an ibanez les paul copy it was the lost guitar in 1975 i okay. still have it um yeah, it's a, like a black custom, and it had two humbucker pickups on it, and that was the only guitar I had until um, I think I was maybe 15 or 16, and I got um, it was like an Ovation electric that looked like a Strat. Okay. Um, and I was playing in jazz band in high school, and that guitar got stolen in high school. So and I worked at a music store, and at that point. Um, I had seen some a lot of pictures with Ed playing a Kramer, you know. The, yeah, the yeah. Kramer, and we were a Kramer dealer at the at the store, so I bought a Kramer Pacer, and that was the guitar I had probably for another five or six years. So did the Pacer come with a Floyd Rose? Yeah, cool. Floyd Rose had two single coils, uh, a humbucker, um, and it had uh, on-off switches for everything, which. To me, like when I, oh, okay. guitar, I, I didn't really, I didn't really get to pick it out. It just sort of came in the door, and it was a candy apple red. And I'm like, okay, that looks kind of cool. But the body of, of that particular pacer, it wasn't like the bodies that that Ed played for his Kramer. His was is more of a Strat body. Yeah. Where this this pacer had a, a bigger um, top to it. You know. Okay. The, Upper the, bow the, there. The, the horns are a little bit thicker on. Okay. It. Um. And then it didn't have a five-way switch on it. It just had all these on-off switches. It had black tuning keys, um, black pickups with a black pick guard. You know, not a pick guard, but a, a 
cover plate for it, and then all the switches were chrome. So it it just didn't look it, well to me. It didn't look right. Yeah. And the Floyd Rose was was black. Okay. So, so I and then had a rose with the neck, and, and Ed always played a maple neck. So I was like, it got me by, but I, I was never really in love with the guitar. Yeah. And I didn't really find something that I really liked until probably when I was like 22, 23, when I got a, a, a Tele, a Fender Tele banana okay. with a maple neck that I just. And yeah. I had a, so I know you're also a, a, a 5150 amplifier guy. What do you like about what do you like about those amps? Oh, they. So my the first one I got was the PV one. Okay. Uh, lettering, and from what I understand, the early uh, PV 5150s with the blocks were very early when they started making them. Um, that those were the most desired. Uh, 100 watt amps that they, I guess, later on they came out with the uh, ones where it had his signature on the front, and those didn't quite sound the same. Oh yeah. So so I got one of the the really good ones, and I still have it. Uh, and I used that from like '94 until, and when I lived in Cleveland, I had a, a trio, and we would always we played like six nights a week. Um, that head with a 412 cabinet, the matching 412 cabinet. Yeah. I used a, a little Boss ME6 multi-effect unit. For oh, yeah. A lead boost and delay. Um, and that was really it. And, um, but uh, I found the 5153 amps. Uh, that was like, it was like the same amp, but just had the extra. Really right. And it just it just sounds great. The sustain is the, the thing that I really love about the amp. Yeah, like a, a big um, distortion, like heavy kind of sound. I, I like it to just hang there. If you hit enough, yeah, sings, you know. Um, but uh, the funny thing is, it, it, my involvement with them fifty threes were born out of I, I love Bogner amps, and it's yeah. my first first uh, got my Nashville set up I was running in stereo um, but they were very more of a they were more of a clean kind of sound like mm -hmm. the country um, and I had to get most of my drive from the pedals um, when I set up a pedal board but I, I, the sound that I used to have when I played in bars um, yeah with the 5150 head when that came out again I was like oh great so yeah i use that use that for a few tours that's awesome man well dude uh how are you gonna remember eddie van halen how can, you, can you even put into that put that into words oh it's just uh uh i mean i was i was very fortunate to have met him yeah he's just the, the, the sweetest you you'd ever know it's just uh you know, aside from that, he just really, you know, like we were talking about, he totally changed the game for every guitar player. Yeah. Whether you were a rock guy, country guy, um, everybody is knows a Van Halen song. Yeah. Um, they could be this hard rock <laughs> or or come out with a ballad like Love Walks In. And, oh, dude. You know, you know it, 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 he, he was just such a great 
he wasn't just a great guitar player. He was a great musician. He wrote great songs, yeah. wrote great, great melodies. Um, I think another thing that gets overshadowed is his rhythm playing, because everybody focuses on the tapping thing. Yeah. But his rhythm playing was just, it was so good. So I mean, he's listening to something like Beautiful Girls, the way that he swings that with his right, all the little subdivisions, like he's creating all that. And I think yeah. probably came from him being a drummer at first. Uh, that's a good point, a yeah. And um, that's probably where, you know, I think anybody that plays drum has, drums has that sort of brain in them. Yeah. Um, I just think he's going to be remembered as like the Mozart of our generation. Oh, and dude. I, yeah. You know, and you could probably say this too, that we could say that we were on planet Earth when Van Halen <laughs> and witness that greatness. And we got to see him a bunch of times too. Yes. <laughs> absolutely, man. Uh, like just the best concerts. I always had a smile on his face. That's that's what I was thinking, man. No matter what was going on around him, no matter what song he was playing, no matter who the singer was, he always <laughs> had a smile on his face, man. And you just go, I mean, I was just thinking about this, and I was I was just going like, man, one of my favorite Eddie Van Halen quotes is, "You don't work music, you play it." Yeah. And so, he, and he always had a smile on his face, man. I freaking yeah. love that. Yeah, it's always been about is, is the joy. I mean, as far yeah. back as I can remember, when I started playing guitar, my mom, um, even before she knew who Van Halen was, uh, my mom was just that way. She always had a smile on her face. Hmm. Says, you have to, you know, enjoy what you're doing. You know, make, make the audience enjoy what you're doing. You have to. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it was something that I ever forced. I just remembered that. And then I just think it just into what I, you know, do as a, as a guitar player. I just always try yeah. to remember. It's just, it's all about having fun. That's awesome, you know, man. You want, you want people to look up at the stage and just be like, wow, they're just having the time of their life. Absolutely, man. Nobody wants to look up and see that scowling guitar player staring at their feet. There's, that's no fun. Nothing fun about that. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. Well, man, thank you so much for your time, brother Paul. I appreciate oh, it, man. Welcome. You bet. And uh, we need to get together and drink a sprite and play some guitar, man. <laughs> yeah, we do. All right. We need to do that. Well, when this all, uh, when the COVID all lifts up, we we shall do that, man. Thanks again for your time. You bet, brother. Anytime. Okay. See you, buddy. See you, brother. Bye. Man, I really appreciate your time. It means the world to me. No, oh, man, thank you so much for having me on, man. But uh, obviously, man, losing King Edward's pretty, pretty amazing, huh? In the last week or two. Brutal. Um, I was just going to ask, like, um, where and when, and maybe how old were you when you heard Eddie or just heard the band Van Halen, and how did that? How did that affect you? Were you already playing guitar, maybe, or were you? You were probably a little guy. Yeah, you know, it was. I I kind of have sort of two first experiences of of hearing Van Halen because when they were, you know, when when they were still in the Roth era and their yeah, first yeah. huge thing, you know, when I heard Van Halen 
1984. In 1984, because Jump okay. was such a hit. But I mean, I was literally in kindergarten. Like it was like <laughs> I was a kid, you know. So, which is crazy to think of, right? So, so I knew of Van Halen and that you know the song Jump because it, that was it was a big pop hit. Like yeah. it was, yeah. you hear that at the mall. So it was just, and it would be on. <laughs> radio because radio is different so you just hear jump like it was a big hit um so i knew that song and remember my friend got got the 1984 record you know when he was five for like his birthday or something and and we both thought it was the craziest like most like you know like outlaw crazy badass thing that cover with the baby smoking a cigarette it's an angel <laughs> like, we thought that was like the toughest thing ever, dude. It's like, oh my god, dude, don't let your mom see that. It's an angel. It was like hardcore. So we we thought it was pretty tough that he had that. But uh, so I remembered it then. I thought, wow, that was cool. But you know, I, I was five. It was just a cool song, and I remember it. Yeah. But when I was older and had already been playing guitar for a few years. Um, that's sort of when I sort of got into Van Halen and that was in the, the Sammy Hagar era. So mm -hmm. I'm maybe, you know, it seems like there's always sort of a divide. I'm, I'm really right in the middle because I, when I first really got Van Halen, it was Sammy Hagar. So that mm -hmm. was my, I loved the Sammy stuff. And then I went back and got into the raw stuff and loved all that too. Yeah. So I really, I, I appreciate both sides, like early Aerosmith and later Aerosmith. I love both. Yeah, And the thing with Van Halen, it's just, to me, it sounds, you know, kind of like different sides to the band. But obviously the constant in Van Halen is Eddie. And so that, that sound, even between the two eras, was always so like integral to it and so identifiable and unique yeah. with Eddie. Um, that it really tied it so much together. So, I mean, uh, For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge, I think, was the first, like, Van Halen record I got. And that was the new record, like Pound Cake and oh, Run Around and all those. And that record is great. I still go back on a regular basis. And I love that record. Dude, even the production of that thing is just awesome. Dude, it sounds huge. Like, that record, yeah. I mean, it did well, and people still like it, but I... I for some reason, it's not, I don't see it as like thought of as some huge, amazing, iconic, but it, to me it is. I mean, and yeah. there's some really progressive musical stuff on there. Like if you get like, who writes that? Like yeah. there's some parts that they're like, what are you thinking? And why is that the <laughs> best thing ever? Like, like Pleasure Dome and, um, oh, man, yeah. you know, Spanked, like all the, like the riffs are outrageous. And then like these weird, crazy, like, prog like excursions that are all like a minute and a half of these instrumental riffs where it's really just eddie and alex going nuts yeah and it's not even solo and and you know it's like how did you even come up with that dude that's amazing i've always thought as a writer you could take any one of their songs and cut it up and start three other songs absolutely because of the stuff you just said there's always a, a bridge or something that comes out of left field that you go well that could be the riff of a whole nother song or an outro you know eddie loved to throw those outros in there you just kind of go like well, why are we going to another no we're not going to another song well what is that and i Dude, just thought the brilliance of that was just unparalleled me too i mean and then like the earlier stuff too like um 
oh, what is that song? Like the, the, they would throw these things in the middle. Like it'd be like some ripping, crazy, cool solo. That's like, wow, cool, great, amazing Van Halen solo where he's doing like fancy rip, ripping stuff. And then he goes into some sort of really great hook yeah. that is like its own thing that only happens there. And then it like segues back into a chorus. And that hook is good enough to be its own song. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh my God, it's so cool. And there, there are so many examples. And that's in both ears of the band. Like he always would come up with these amazing things that, you know, that would be, that's another one of the great, because if he had just played great solos, he would still be like as big of an icon. Yeah. But the fact that he then put all these like little melodic song things within his solos is what made it next level. That also, that's uh, along that line. I was also going to say that, it, and I don't know if it was a conscious thing, <clears throat> excuse me, but like with his writing, the heavier the riff, the more melodic the solo. Oh yeah. Like he was kind of trying to to even things out to keep things kind of in the middle of the road. You know what I mean? Totally. Uh, so you're it, obviously in a big, heavy, proggy, rocky band. But you're a you're a real. When I listen to you play, like I am thankful to have for many hours, you're a real bluesy soul kind of guy. So did Van Halen's playing like directly influence your playing? Uh, yeah, it did. I mean, not as probably outwardly as like because you wouldn't say, "Oh, he sounds like a big Van Halen." Because I'm right, I right. Like, I mean. I, I have tapped, I know how to do it, and I might do it for fun here, but um, uh, he, Eddie influenced me more his manicness, like his his craziness yeah. is probably what in, influenced me more than, and in, a, in a good way, obviously, but like, you know, I'll, one quote I always really remembered from him that just made sense and it felt like that's how I feel when I play. And it feels like when he said this, it all made sense for like how his thing, like, yeah, that sounds like exactly what you're doing. He said that when he's like improvising, which I mean, that's the other crazy thing. I think a lot of those classic solos were improv, like, come on, yeah. but okay. Like you, you <laughs> made that up as you were, Jesus. Okay. But, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Two months of refining. No, no, he just, he did it once. Okay, anyhow. Um, so uh, he said, I can't, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but it was, it was short. It was like, basically, when I'm, so, when I'm making up a solo, I feel like I'm falling down the stairs and landing on my feet. Like, he doesn't know where he's going. And yeah. to me, I hear that. I think a lot of those great solos are amazing like it's just a genius at work and he doesn't know what he's going to do. Yeah. And that's why it's so cool. And that's part of why on the ones that maybe don't go into some other movement where it's just a great solo, they're weird as hell because like, <laughs> he's just making it up as he's going, you know, which I mean, obviously that's, that is the definition of improvising, but still like, I think a lot of players, even who are great players, they have sort of a thing and it's, it's, yeah, maybe a little bit. Maybe they're improvising, but they're improvising licks or something where it's going to be a little bit more sort of linear. His was so out of left field, and like 
just like, how in the hell did you get from here to there? And I, ha- I have a feeling if you sat down and listened to the outtakes with the engineer and he, and he had, and you played four different solos for the same song, they would be completely different. I mean, I, the I, only I, thing that might be the same is I need you to end on this high E outside of that, right. whatever it takes for you to get, like you just said, from here to here, mm-hmm. rock on. I, I, dude, I think that's that's a great way to put it. I bet you you're totally right. I bet you like <laughs> you wouldn't the, the solo and you're no good. Fifteen different times are completely yeah. different solos, yeah. right? I mean, how many cool box sets hopefully will come out one day with shit like that? Man, like, that's what I was. It. Oh man, yeah. Not to be all morbid already and thinking like that, but I hope Wolfie gets in that studio and finds. 200 songs that we've never heard like you know like all this print stuff is coming out now and, and i i hope it's the same thing now i really do believe that that eddie was like the last guitar player to totally change the way we think and hear and play guitar yeah I'm, and, I'm, i agree with that yeah i don't know if there's anybody really on the on the horizon there's so many great guitar players but that guy really invented a style. And I mean, maybe there's no more styles. Maybe there's no room for styles. There's only room for great songs. I don't, I don't know what's left. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because I think you're right. Like, because of course there's tons of great new guitar players and yeah, um, people that will, are starting to and are, are will continue to like make their own like sort of world and niche and have fans and people who love them. And like, I love some of those people too, but they're, I mean, Eddie, it really, I mean, it is the same cliche, but it was like Jimi Hendrix and Eddie Van Halen. Like those, yeah. those are the guys that really change everything. Cause you know, for, for certain niches, there are going to be people like, Oh, well no, this other guy, he really changed, but not really like the entire instrument, you know, right, like right. Tom Morello did new cool stuff and he's, he's great, yeah. but he didn't, revolutionize like you know what i mean like he he right. did he's very he's a great player unique awesome but i sometimes hear people mention him i was like well i don't i don't think it's quite at the eddie and jimmy level or or um i don't think he know. would think he is either absolutely it's and and even even vi and such like those guys are amazing yeah. and I'm a huge fan but it wasn't so much here's something no one in the world has ever heard before it's right. just this is my thing and it's amazing but I mean, that would be the same as a million great guitar players who are huge. It's it's not any sort of put down. It's just different, you know. He also, to me, I mean, I can see, and because I know you, I see an Explorer, I see a Flying V, and you were holding a Les Paul. I yeah. mean, you know, you're the a Gibson kind of guy. Did you ever get into the Super Strat, throwing a Floyd Rose on it, you know, a double coil pickup, that kind of thing? A little bit. I my first electric was an Ibanez, like an RG with a Floyd on it. I still have it. I don't play it anymore. It's in the garage, but it's a great guitar. And um, you know, I've always loved those styles of guitar. I, yeah. I, uh, I just uh, for me, my that this is my thing that gives oh, me for sure. Because, um, like I said, like when I sort of re got into Van Halen around unlawful carnal knowledge i'd already gotten into rock a few years before that so it was it was slash and joe perry and those were the that was my thing and then i got into van halen so it was already on the bed of the blues blaze les paul guys right and i got into the and then from then i got into 
you know, Steve Vai and Joe Satriani, who are two of my absolute favorite players <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Um, and so I love all that shredding stuff that, you know, a lot of came from Eddie. Um, but, you know, I, uh, because I had already sort of gotten that other style first, um, it, it was, uh, I, I didn't go super deep on those, you know, whammy yeah. guitars and nothing. And plus at that time, it, it sounds a little weird now, but at that time it was, there was still so much of it, you know, when I was getting, I mean, I was a kid, so it didn't matter. It wasn't like I was making records, but, um, you know, late eighties and then the very, very beginning of the early nineties where, when there was still that, <laughs> you know, the, the, the cliche sort of hairband kind of thing. And even then when I was a kid, I was like, ah, man, that's lame. Everybody's doing that. So right. like, it was, I was already kind of like, eh, I don't know, like a, a pink guitar with sparkles on it. And <laughs> I don't know if that's really my thing. Cause it, that was still like the overblown thing. Like, oh, oh yeah. it was all this craziness and tons of rat gear for the tone. And yeah. um, I was already more on the slash, like less Paul into a Marshall kind of thing. Right. Um, so I, I didn't go deep in it. That said, I, I, they're so much fun. Like whenever I get to pick one, I'm like, oh God, every time I pick up somebody's super strat, I want one so bad. Like, yeah. You know, like a good Floyd that's going to stay in tune and like the fast neck. It's, and you know, every, he's one of those dudes where even before he died, like every time I had watched a video of Eddie, old or new, I'd always want to like go buy one of those guitars. Like, you yeah. know, the, the, the stripey reissues. I mean, you can get them for not even that much money and they're killer guitars. They're I'm like, killer. I yeah. want one of them because they're fun. <laughs> like I couldn't ever go play it on stage. I, I probably wouldn't record. I mean, it would just totally be because I want to go in my studio and like, yay, and pretend I'm Eddie Van Halen for a couple hours. The other thing I love like about him and I see it in you and all sorts of guys that you're just, when you're playing live, there's just, you just have this permanent smile on your face. You can just tell he just loved every note he was playing every night, every song, didn't matter what, you know, and I, I just, I love that about him, man. There was just that, that joy. This just kind of one of my favorite quotes of his is you don't work music, you play music. And I always just thought that's freaking great. That's great. So how will you remember Eddie? And I know that's an impossible question to, to ask, but, or answer, but what do you think? Oh man. I don't know. I mean, being a guitar player and like a rock guitar player, I feel like, like, you know, Eddie and just Van Halen, like they're so big. Like there's such a, uh, there's such like a, a a monument. Like they're, you know, there's, there's such a force that it's like, it's always there. It's like the Beatles or something, you know, like in, in the sense of, um, for in the, in this rock world, they are like a pillar. And yeah. like, I feel like it's almost, I mean, it's almost like he's not gone. You know what I mean? Because right. music is still there and it's, it's all those older classic records anyways. So, and like, I, I didn't ever know them. So there was, you know, I don't have like, a, like personally, so yeah. I never had a personal connection other than like, I kind of always felt like I knew him because of the music, yeah. which is weird. You know, certain, certain people you feel like, I feel like we're, yeah. which is really right. weird. And especially from <laughs> someone who's not a singer, right? Like he, you usually feel that with guys who are the singer because you yeah. hear their voice. 
but just from his playing, mm. I felt like we were buddies, which is yeah. weird. And I'm, you know, that's one of his gifts because millions of people felt the same thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I just feel like, like their, their shadow is so large, him and the band, mm. that it's, it's almost like he's still here because you still hear it. You still, I mean, just by default, if you are a rock guitar player, somehow you're influenced by him. Because even, yeah. even if you were some weird dude who's like, man, I hate Van Halen, that's not my thing. All the people you love yeah. were influenced by him probably really heavily. You know what I mean? I, I actually, now that I'm saying it, I can't think of anyone I've never heard say they don't like Van Halen, but All right. I'm sure there are people out there. You know, maybe, maybe guys on the heavier side or something. It's like, oh, no, it's not my thing. Yeah. Well, still, if you like guitar solos post-1978, you've been influenced by Eddie Van Halen, at least by one degree of separation. At least to Michael Jackson. Holy cow. I mean, come on. That's the thing. Like, yeah. How many people know that song and that solo who don't even know who he is? Like right. people who don't have anything to do with rock and roll, but they know Beat It. They know that solo and they love that solo. And you know what? It's, that's another sort of way you can think about it of just to show how big he is. I like that solo on Beat It. It's like, it's like a stand in for the entire genre of rock and roll. And, mm. and by that, I mean like, cause, cause you know, that record was, it's thriller such a big record. And, you know, it was so mainstream, just totally ubiquitous, global. Even back then, it was global, like a viral yeah. hit. Would now everyone knows Michael Jackson. Everyone knows that song, and people who have never listened to rock and roll and don't like—I don't like distorted guitar. I like pop music. I like R and B, whatever right. it is. And they, they their their ears are not open to rock. They hear that song and that solo, and they like it because it fits so well, and it's such a great solo that it's like. Oh, here is like the ambassador for the the music that is rock and roll, yeah. and it's so good that I like it. And now I know what a rock guitar solo is via this song. Does that make you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And and a heavy distorted guitar solo slid into a pop track. I mean, it wasn't completely pop, but it was it was pretty heavy pop. But still, it was Michael Jackson. So yeah, absolutely. And. And it doesn't sound dumb or out of place in the slightest, man. It just sounds awesome. It's so crazy. I mean, <laughs> he, like his, he was so big that he could be the guy who introduces rock to millions of people and have it be like, yeah, I like that now. You know, I, mean, I, I, would, I'm, um, I would wonder how many people got turned on to like guitar rock because of exactly that solo. Oh yeah. I bet a lot. I bet, I a, bet lot. a lot too. They were listening to their, they were riding along in their sister's Nova and she shoved in a cassette of that and went, what the crap is that? Seriously, that, that thriller was one of my first records. Again, yeah. that was when I was a little kid. And I mean, I had heard Van Halen, but I loved that song. And because, and for them, it's, it's more just like, it's a feeling, right? It's yeah. like, Cause it's like, you love Michael Jackson, this pop song and you're dancing or whatever. And then, but then you want that rock thing. And it's like, uh, Oh, you know, can you like, didn't, didn't, I think Eddie said in the interviews, like Michael asked him, can you do that weedly deedly thing? He said, yeah, sure. And did the beat it. So, so, so like, that's what I mean by like a stand in for an entire genre. So like, if you're like, yeah, I, lo I really love this song. It's like, Ooh, I love that rock thing, that feel, that sound. And then you're like, I love it so much. I want to go visit that world and yeah. then it becomes your new world, you know?
And you know, he walked into the studio and looked at his watch and said, you know, my car's running in the parking lot. So if I could <laughs> knock this out real quick, that'd be great. <laughs> I'm good. I don't need lunch. I got to roll, man. Let me just. I got, just well, dude, thank you so much for your time, man. It's awesome seeing you and talking to you. I miss you, buddy. I miss you too, man. Thank you so much for having me, man. When, uh, when this breaks out, we're going to have to get together again. Hell yeah, dude. You know, let's do another Zoom right, man. Are you down? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll give your wife and your son a hug, man. We'll do tell, tell Amy I said hi. I will. She said hi to you too. Oh, cool, man. All right. Love you, buddy. Love you too, man. We'll talk soon, okay? Okay. Bye, Dave. See you, dude. There you are. Hey, buddy, you're sideways. How do I? <laughs> you're sideways. Am I sideways? <laughs> Am I sideways? You are to me, but yeah, you know, I, I know you, so that's that's you. So it's all good. I wonder. I wonder. I, I, I'm new to this Zoom thing, so <laughs> there you go. Oh, okay, that's now perfect. Yeah, dude, look at that room, man. Where are you? I'm in my um at my house. Um, I'm I'm uh. I guess you'd call it a studio, but it's not really a bona fide. Dude. You know, there's, there's, there's amps and guitars and, and an aux box and, you know. The lovable Mike Hickey has 5150 guitars, amps, Friedman guitars. Oh, look at that, man. There's the it's Frankenstein. Homemade. It's homemade. No kidding? Not, not by me. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Holy cow, no. man. <laughs> You're such a great guitar player, man. What are you what are, what are you doing during this time off, man? I'm uh I'm raking the yard. Nice. Um I'm preparing for winter. I'm meeting contractors. I'm thinking and drinking. <laughs> there you go. So what are you drinking while I'm thinking? Um, this that is, uh, delicious. it's a simple, it's, it's, oh, it's a, nice. a, I'd call it, I'm going to call it a New Hampshire mule. <laughs> Cause it's really, you know, I'm not all fancy here. I'm just trying to think, I'm trying to get think. And, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get thunk tonight. Um, thunkin' and drunken. It, it's Belvedere vodka. Oh, nice. Um, bitters and Bundaberg. Ginger beer. Oh, dude, that's mm. a good that's a good pour right there, man. I'm not driving anywhere. <laughs> you know? So, what are you plugged into? Uh, right now, we're in the um, we're in the um, it, it's the Marsha, nice. and it's the it's the wet dry wet. Got the '68 basket weave. Oh my gosh! A stereo caps. Got the rack with the delays, like Eddie. Um, there's a phaser, <laughs> there's a, a harmonizer. So I, I, I cross over to the, the balance pound cake tones. Okay. Okay. Per personally. Cause it, 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 you know, an echo plex and a plate reverb and whatever secrets were going on yeah. then. Yeah. 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 I know. I read about this stuff on the internet and I plugged it all in and it sounds, you know, <laughs> Dude. I won't I won't do the tapping. 
<laughs> You're such a great guitar player, man. Thanks. That's awesome, man. So, so seriously, like where and when and how old were you when you, when you first heard Van Halen or first heard Eddie, any of the, any and, and all the above? My dad liked music. He wasn't musical. Okay. But he loved, he loved rock music, Humble Pie, Zeppelin. Nice. Uh, Jeth- Jethro Tull, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. You know, so there was a lot of that in the house. And so he bought this record in 1978. Wow. And I, I, I barely could play. You know, I'd gone to my first Kiss concert. Um, yeah. You know, there you go. And so, you know, I, I, I knew, I didn't even know a scale at this point, probably. There right. was some gibberish, you know. And um, so he gets this record, and he's not a hard rock guy. You know, Humble Pie was heavy to him. Yeah. And it's heavy to me, but yeah. it's not heavy like when Atomic Punk starts, you know. <laughs> and so he, he liked running with the devil. The nice melodies and everything so he's like hey i think you want want to check this record out and he puts it on and i'm like so what your, your your dad liked running with the devil yeah he heard it on the radio okay and so he bought he bought the vinyl wow and, and then i i was hanging out with him and he goes i got this record i think you're gonna like so uh he puts it on and then it then eruption comes on and it's like what is it? Your whole life changed. Yeah, you don't even know because right then, you know. Yeah. I, 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 I'm at that <laughs> point. I'm like. Ace Fraley lead guitar, right? You know. Right. And, and that's still great, but. Um, still great. And then you hear eruption, and all your, your head starts, you know, and you're like, and you know, it's like a video game, you know? Yeah. So then, of course, we don't have any way to see these people. We don't know what they look like. We don't have um, internet. We don't have, you know, we hear about it. We've got these these four pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this dude with this thing. And, he's, <laughs> he, and he just looks cooler than Ace even. Right. He doesn't need makeup, or not that I know of. And he looks cooler than us. Yeah, I mean, I had yeah. the mushroom haircut, and I'm like, I wish I could have long hair someday. And um, <laughs> so, obviously, at that age, you don't know, at age 13 or whatever it is, uh, or 12, you don't know what you're yeah. listening to. But right. you know it's something... And I've got like five records, six records at this point. And then we go on a little longer. I'm taking lessons. I got a couple of guitar buddies and we're in junior high and we got eight track tapes. And I had a, a, a recordable eight track machine at home. I don't know how this could even be possible, but literally a cartridge, you could tape shit off the radio. Like cow. What? I said, holy cow. Oh, I thought you said, like, how? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, so this radio station in Massachusetts plays 
we're going to premiere tonight the new Van Halen record. Oh, man. So this is 1979. Okay. And they, I immediately jam some tape that probably had Boston on it or something and <laughs> put it in there and I catch most of the record. Now, of course, there's tracks, right? There's four tracks yeah, right. on an eight track. Right. <laughs> so it stops and then I got to reset it. So I get the fade, you know, I get the cutoff songs. So I have a little portable thing and I get, I carry it to school with the batteries jammed in and everything the next day. And I go to my buddies who we're, I think we're all cool. We're the cool guys, but we're not at all. You know? <laughs> right. And I'm like, check this out. And I remember I, can, I, I every time I drive by the school, when I go visit my mom, I always remember like, that's where it was. And I'm like, check this out. I've got the new Van Halen record. And, you know, that's like having a bag of friggin' gold. You right. Know? And none of the girls care. I don't even think we like girls yet. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. We're, we, we're thinking we might, you know. And so that starts this obsession with me and a couple friends. And we start practicing more. And we still don't sound like that. But it's really becoming part of our thing and, and I'm subscribing to guitar player. So then I get the issue with Eddie on the cover with, with the bumblebee. Yep. yep. And we read this thing, we memorize it. We, I'm like, man, if I could only see this guy, my friend is going to the concert. He's older. He drives and he's going with his, you know, high school friends. He gets in a car wreck and he doesn't get hurt, but he has a small head injury. So he can't go to a loud rock concert. Oh I get his ticket. I get the ticket by accident. So there it is. The bumblebee light up the sky mm. and maybe a couple sips of Southern comfort. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I don't know what kids <laughs> did back then. And so I got to see him in 79 and then, of course, oh I come gosh. back. Then you come back from the show and you go to your, your, you know, your guitar buddies. Like, everything was crazy. And Alex set the drums on fire. And they all played drums. And the stacks were to the ceiling. And he had these crazy red pants on. And he, and he was just like, you know. And then, then it's like, like whatever and mind-blowing so great man and and right then I, I just said that's it I'm growing my fucking hair yep i'm going to california yep i'm getting some crazy ass guitar <laughs> yep we're gonna find out you know and i think i already had the 100 watt marshall i just okay. didn't quite i didn't quite know what i was doing yet because I, I i think i was just before about to get um power soak oh yeah man all right so i so i i what i didn't know and i don't have a job you know i'm i'm conning my grandma and my grandpa I'm like hey if i had one of these amps right it'd be oh, it'd be so great i'd never need another amp yeah <laughs> and so yeah, they, i'll they, never need another amp yeah so they fell for it you know and um <laughs> so you know i've got the power soak i got the marshall and you know then we do a little more conning 
at this time I probably got an I got an Ibanez bolt on Les Paul. Right. You know. Yeah. But I do I do have a Demarzio. So Okay. I'm I'm king shit for a 14 or 15 year old. Was know? that a Demarzio like super distortion? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can't <laughs> even stand it. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> and 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 then my buddy want, you know, th- then I bought it I, then I buy an ML and um so this would be 81 probably when I get the ML. Right. And so we're getting into, we're getting into, I didn't see them on women and children first, oh, man. but I had, of course I had the album. And then yeah. we're really at that point, we've seen the pictures. We've read the articles. We're going to crank the amp up to 140 volts. And I'm like, what is a volt? Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and there's just these pictures and it looks exciting and, you know, I mean, you know, little did I know, like all these years later, we'll be up here, you know, scratching for friggin' pennies and, 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 and rubles every day, you know, yeah, yeah. all because all because of Ace Fraley and the smoke and then Eddie and, and, <laughs> and the video game, you know, right. and, and it's still literally to this day mesmerizing i never learned eruption of course you know i know i i i, I hear yeah, the, yeah. the triad you know but i never learned the piece because my friends were learning it and badly and i thought i want this to be like a a, a, a chalice of excitement my whole life <laughs> well you're you know? so you're so interesting because you're such a, a the like the ultimate heavy guitar guy Guitar wise, and and yet you you're uh, Joe Bonamassa's tech, so it's like the blues guy. So you're you are so so. There's so many worlds you you travel, but but <laughs> I don't know what you're doing there. Well, I can't. I, I, I mean, I, you know, it all as and you know because you you rip stuff and you know it's like that's where you start. You start with the box. <laughs> And every yeah, yeah. solo when you're a kid, every solo when you're a kid is right. you know and then yeah. you get the triplet and then and, and you know and then you're driving you know my mother would say why are you screeching all the time you know still says it why, why do you play nice like joe so so <laughs> yeah nice so Eddie was to me probably the last guitar player that just changed guitar playing forever. He just he just rewrote if you want to say that, rewrote the book of guitar playing. Would you agree with that or no or who would you I, throw I, in there? I I I think there's a couple of minor seismic events after him. Okay. You know, and I mean, you're going to know exactly what I'm about to say is the arrival of Ingve starts yeah. a whole nother. Yeah. That's a whole nother problem for everybody. Yeah, for sure. You know? For sure. For sure. And it's not a problem for Eddie and stuff. Ingve J. Malmsteen, by the way. Yes, sir. <laughs> and, and so he shows up. Yeah. And that's, it's the whole other spectrum because we already lost Randy. 
Uh, so yeah, Randy, good point. Yeah. Randy never got to his potential. There's right. too much cro- cross pollinization of comparing him to Eddie because of the tapping. Yeah. But you know, like R- Randy's tapping was more, he, he would like double up on, on the, you know, like on a, um, okay. You know, that kind of thing. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and he, and it, obviously he was doing it in a Bach inspired Mozart inspired sort of theory. Not that Eddie wasn't classically trained or anything. Right. For <laughs> um, sure. For sure. But he was also trained in, he was also trained in, um, in, in Pasadena arts of, you know, getting girls to shake their ass while you're ripping <laughs> yeah. the best tone, you know? And so what he has is he, he changes the game many ways. First audibly, we're like, what is it? And the sound becomes thicker and huge, mm. this one yeah. guy. Then as the tapping comes in, which people tapped, but it wasn't like a featured part of your style. Yeah. And then he's writing the riffs, and they're not just heavy rock riffs. They're like a twisted version. Van Halen to me is like this ZZ Top meets the Beach Boys and then some outer space thing where his guitar gets, you know, it becomes the focal point. Yeah. Um, but, but they're basically a power trio and they've got, you know, they've got a, um, a, a, a carnival barker out front. <laughs> Right. I get, that's what I, yeah. I don't know what that's, the term that's is, great. Yeah, but he's like, step up to the sideshow here. Right. You know, and, 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 you know, watch this. And yeah. um, so then of course, you know, then Ingve shows up and he's in a whole nother realm of phrasing vibrato tone. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got, I don't, I don't want to say anything negative, but his songs may not speak to everybody. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They yeah. speak to me. Yeah. And um, not that I want to sound like that either. Um, but, you know, Eddie transcends into the top 40, boogie woogie, Friday night. You might have a chance with that chick if you've oh, got dude, your convertible. Yeah. yeah. You know there's a convertible. You know the top's down. You, you know the chicks are super hot. This is in Van Halen land. This isn't in New England where I live, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, then if, if you, if, and, and then I would give one more, maybe just a, an off-ramp of a game changer would be Dimebag. Oh, man, yeah. That's because where I was going, yeah. He's pulling in, he's pulling in the, the metallicism, He's pulling in the helmet riffs. Yeah. He's pulling in Randy. For sure. And, and, and Eddie, putting them together. He's also pulling in, uh, his, his brother was a drummer. So, I mean, there, there was a, uh, there was a uh, familial thing going on there, man. That was just Same with the undeniable. syncopation. Yep. The syn- their syncopation. Absolutely. You know, you know, like on it, they they sound like a loss of control vibe. Yep. Oh, you know, yeah, right. And yeah, and I mean, it's it's so there. You know, 
and of course, you know, Dime was another young, I don't want to call these guys prodigies because you're not a prodigy. You just put the time in. Yeah. Know? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Devotee and, or something. But yeah, you're right. You're right. But I would that, say that's, for me, that's the last game changer. Everyone else from now on is just going to have, um, I, I don't care. I, I don't want to say anything bad about anybody's styles, but there's certain <laughs> styles today. Um, that I'm not interested in. And yeah. these guys have facility. Yep. And it's, yes, it's because I'm old. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? I hope they don't like me either. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But they there's do. A, but they there's do. A lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sweepery going on. And a lot of, <laughs> and as my, as my close friend, Derek Sheridan likes to say, there's a lot of tripleteering. <laughs> okay. So, tripleteering. So, so obviously you're a, you, I can, I can see behind you, you're a super strat kind of guy, man. You got yeah. Floyd Roses and double, uh, all sorts. Of, I mean, look at that. Dude, Freaking, Oh here's, a re- here's, a re- here's a real 79. Oh, my gosh. No fine tuners. That. Oh, the, man. The, bar, the bar's all loose. Nice. Yeah, it's all... It, it, it might be flat, right? Yeah, it's close. Yeah, it's close. Uh, this is, this is uh, Holdsworth's number oh, three Charvel. Dude with the Kaler. Yeah, I know he did it. He did it, so I gotta, I can live with it. Yep, yep. it's not for me. It's a little t- soft. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we got more Van Halen guitars. Let's see. How about the shark? Oh, the freaking shark, man! These are Look a total that. bargain. What are they? They're like eleven hundred. Well, they're probably like five thousand now. Yeah. But you know, this is this is just the cheap high you can get from EVH, right? So we can yeah, that's killer. have something kind of like Eddie, you know? <laughs> so I got, I got the whole set because I, I have a real problem with this stuff. And so, so seriously, man, how are you going to remember Eddie Van Halen? I remember him, you know, I remembered him when he was alive. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he was on my mind all the time. Every yeah. time I pick up the instrument, um, you know, I think I, I think Joe said it one time. <clears throat> he he what he liked about Eddie and what he likes and what I like as well about many guitarists is when they pick up the guitar they have a lot of bad intentions. Mm. you like that I'm not gonna s I'm not gonna go play to fool around. Like yeah. if, if you if you have the chance to strike with a, a good band at volume, then it's time to you know, put on the battle armor and start ripping, you know, mm, and yeah. um, you know, so like Eddie, I like that, he he always had the bad intention to really just dig in, and you know, the greatest thing about Ed though, the pure joy when he played, the smiles, you know, and and according to books and stuff, he wasn't the happiest guy or whatever, um, but it seems like once he was in up there with you know 37 cabinets 
and you know, and he had his <laughs> his stripy shirt on, and you know, whatever um, entertaining things they had going on backstage. He be, he just was happy, you know, and Gosh. it came through in the music too, even in the heavier stuff. There was still yeah. that 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 melodic uh, kind of just this this hopeful sound, you know. Did everybody has said there's there's just a joy there's just a smile about Eddie about yeah. you know, his his playing and that that that's coming through everybody man that's awesome man that's awesome oh I agree I mean it, it and I I I think that he had no choice because you know they were a boogie woogie bar band hmm. hustling. Playing, yeah. you know, playing Bad Company and, and ZZ Top and Casey and the Sunshine Band, so and Sabbath even, you know, yeah. and um, there's, as you know, there's a lot of joy in Sabbath, you know. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say, <laughs> Casey and the Sabbath Band. <laughs> Yo, yeah, there we go. <laughs> we'll be down at the Station Inn next weekend. <laughs> it's nothing but mandolins. Come on down. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna get. I'm higher. If it's nothing but mandolins, I'm gonna get Andy Wood on lead mandolin. <laughs> he's fast. Yeah, yeah. Know that. yeah, he's fast. Yeah, he'll. Yeah, he's definitely. Uh, he'd be like the. He'd be like. Is what that you call him? The lead batter. You yes. know? <laughs> oh, dude, man! Thank you so much for your time, Mike. I yeah, really man. appreciate this, dude. I, and, I, and so, what are you doing? Are you, are you you got a bunch of things. You're gonna edit them all together and questions yeah. with a bunch of people. Wicked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. This has gone. You know, this this death in the music business mm. um, has gone right up the food chain. You know, of players and communi- like the day, of course, when Eddie passed away, and you know, the communication. Of, you know, I'm sure your phone was blowing up. Everybody's blowing yeah. up. Yeah. And you know, and I sat there on the porch, and was I was like, you know, oh, what a bummer. And I was thinking, well, you know, I can think of so many things that happened in my life with this as the soundtrack. Mm, yeah. And I mean, I mean, Van yep. Halen, Van Hagar, you know. Dude. Um, uh, uh, and it's, it's on constant play anyway. Yep. Not be, you know, I already had these guitars. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm yep. already crazy for it. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I know, you know, that I've been offered several striped Charvels in the past two weeks now. I'm sure. Yeah. Cause you know? you've got the biggest collection in the world. Well, uh, There's guys with with bigger ones, but they, you know. But uh, I, I just think you know everybody's gonna go. He he stuck around long enough to give us all those albums. Yeah, you know, yep, and yep. he didn't owe us shit. You know, he doesn't owe us nothing. So yep. I'm just glad I I was as a, a youth. I was growing up being influenced by the, mm. the sound, the yep. attitude. I would have never got on an airplane and moved to California. You know, I, I would have never been walking the streets of Hollywood, growing my hair with some cool boots on, you know, like, <laughs> yep. and acting dumb, you know, it, it's all thanks to them. And, um, yep. you know, it, it, it'll be forever etched in my mind. And, and um, 
it'll always be in my playlist for sure. Amen. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. All right, man. Anytime. Love you, bud. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.